This is Talking Orange with Bobby Manning and James Shuma. Okay, we got a lot of uh, scoops. We got scoops galore today. Scoops. A lot of scoops, but no Jardine. <laughs> but I, I heard he's been like balling and like the, the good iron thing you were talking about, too. I heard he's been playing well, so. Yeah, everybody's playing like, well when there's, yeah, when there's like no one else on the floor. It's make or, yeah, I mean, take it all with a grain of salt. But I feel like it's like make or break time for Jalen Gary, though. It really is. Yeah. I think with the amount of leeway he's going to have, though, in that starting role, that he's going to figure it out. And I'm just I'm just kind of taking that from, like, the guys in the past who have done that after struggling their freshman year, like Carter Williams and, um, you know, Dion was there two years, too, right? Yeah, he was two years. Yeah, so yeah, I... Those guys were a lot better than him. Like, I, like, I mean, I wrote about that, and he definitely, like, he talked about himself. He's like, I want to be, like, one of those next dudes. I, I think those guys had, like, more potential, but, like, he's he should be solid, I would think. I was just shot. There were two things last year, and we talked about it a lot on this podcast because Dylan really wanted him to get more time, and at that point in the year, I was like, all right, it's so late, the schedule's so hard at this point, what are you really going to get if you do let him lose? But I was, I was upset they shut him down so early in the year. Like, they yeah. just completely pulled him out of the rotation before the ACC schedule, and then that oh. gave him no chance to get involved later. Totally. I'm like, I think they were doing it for Frank. Like, you know, we got to get Frank in there and get him up to speed. Like, and he was going to be the guy either way. But Kerry was actually like playing better than him for a stretch. Like in that Georgetown game, he played better than Frank. I thought anyway. It wasn't that hard to play better than Frank last year. And I, I love him almost as much as you do. Yeah. I like same. Like he... He never got back. Like, I feel like he just got back to where he could have been at, like, the Duke game. Like, his last game. That was his big one. And, you know, it was Pascal, too. Pascal had, like, the same thing going on that he did where he just couldn't get together in the ACC stretch. Um, You know, Tyus wasn't helping them with his inconsistency. O'Shea was awful all year long. So it wasn't all on Frank, but, like, he's the guy I look to, and I'm like, he... If he gets back, like the season last year, especially the NCAA run, goes completely differently. Yep, totally. I, I think they, they definitely win that Baylor game, and I think they, they give at least Gonzaga a run for their money. Well, I, I got to go back and watch that Baylor game again because that night was <laughs> that night was hectic. I, I finished watching, and me and Dylan were supposed to go live right after. Yeah. And like my girlfriend called me, she's like, "Oh, this girl's passed out. We gotta bring her to the hospital." I'm like, "Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I had like the weights going on both sides. I'm like, "Oh, what do I do?" And then I was like, "You know what? The podcast can wait." <laughs> yeah, no, it, like right decision, you know for sure. But yeah, it's uh, like I think even if Frank like doesn't score the ball, at least defensively, they're, they're not hitting 14 threes or whatever they hit against that shoot, like. They, they just went off from three. Like, Makai Mason hit, like, eight threes or, like, something ridiculous. So, I think, like, even if Frank goes out there and doesn't doesn't do much offensively, at least defensively, they're not. You know, they're not doing that. All right, let's... Talking Orange. Six days out from the Italy trip. It is Talking Orange. I'm Bobby Manning. That's James Zuba, noted stock specialist, lover of eating out. Manhattan big man here in the studio. Welcome. Noted stock specialist. That's a, that's a new one, but I'll, I'll take it, man. How how you doing? 
Good. I, this morning I was out running on my Sunday jog. You know, there's no specific day of the week that I go out and jog. It's just whatever day I got the time. Had to sweat out the alcohol. I know, I know, uh, John and Dan love to talk about beer, but me, I, I had the menage a trois wine brine going last night. So I had to sweat that out. Some white claws, which weren't, weren't preferred, but you know how it is when you're my age, you just got to pick up whatever's in the box. Hey man, white, white claws are taking over. I think uh, I think truly might be out of business soon the way everybody's drinking the white claws. But uh, <sighs> hey, man, good for you. you. You've been on the running thing for a while. You got the Boston Marathon under your belt. You always seem to seem to get some running in. So good for you. I got to stay lean. We got scoop score. We were just talking on both ends. Like I said in the opener, six days until the Italy trip for Syracuse, which is awesome. I mean, we never have basketball in August. NBA, NCAA. I, I don't know how good the stream's going to be. I hope it's not one of those cameras that just like auto-zooms wherever the ball's going. Yeah. I'm just excited to be able to watch this team in August. For sure. Uh, expectations are low on the stream. I'm, I'm not you know, holding out much hope there. But, yeah, we do. We got scoops galore. No Jardine, but we got scoops. We got, uh, you know, some, some backboard scoops with the freshmen are up to and, and maybe even some New Jerseys. I won't I won't get too much into that. But, Ooh, all right. You know, I like that one. How about I start? So... I, I went up to Q's on Thursday, yeah, so I was going to go up to Q's on Wednesday, I got about an hour and a half out from the Cape, it was a six hour drive, and my stomach just started rumbling, I think it was 6am, so I had to get right off the highway, find the closest McDonald's, yeah, I don't want to get uh, in the t- TMI territory, but, you know, I showed up at the Wendy's before it was open, they gave me the finger wag. I went over the 7-Eleven, no bathroom there, had to go up and exit to McDonald's. By the time all that happened, I was turning around. So truth be told, I ended up in Syracuse on Thursday and I uh, got in there after the practice, talked to Elijah Hughes, who, you know, I, I, I think is going to be the leading scorer on the team this year. I think he's going to be the guy they look to for the shooting, for the scoring, all of that. And uh, the big thing I got from him as far as... <laughs> No, 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 not not quite Rothstein. But speaking of Rothstein, he one of the things that you wrote about it last week on Noons, all the scoops he had up in Syracuse, palpable hype around Bryson Goodine. Buzz. Yeah, palpable buzz. There it is. Yeah. And Jesse Edwards, too, and Jesse Edwards. That's the other one I heard. So I'll start with Goodine and freshmen coming in, lots of freshmen coming in for Syracuse. They love the way he's shooting. You know, I've watched a little bit of video on him. He can get to the hole a little bit. Definitely has some leaping ability. Not the fastest guy I've ever seen. When you know, I'm not blown away by the speed at the level he was playing at. I don't think we're going to be at this level. But shooting, definitely something they need. Definitely something they've been missing the last few years. And this guy can bring it from that uh, capacity. Elijah was saying like he's the guy that sticks out among the freshmen coming in. Now coming here at night, and I see Bryce and Joe with a gun. What stuck out about like any one of them to you the most so far? Uh, probably uh, Bryson. He's a uh, combination of uh, like, how his body is. He's just really lengthy and speed. It's talent. Like, he's, he's really talented. I feel like he's one of the, one of the most sucked on guards in the coming to ACC. So he's gonna he's gonna make a lot of noise. Really I think he's a dude, when you look at like his height and his length, he's like a prototypical Syracuse guard. I've, I've heard a lot of good things from 
from what I've heard about him, you know, but, uh, you know, he, he might be a little bit better of a shooter than advertised from what I understand. Everybody knows he's athletic and get to the rim and can finish is really, uh, really strong around the rim and all that. But the, the one thing I worry about, I think the most with the freshman is just the physicality, uh, particularly in the ACC. I think that'll be tough to adjust to for, for maybe some of them, but, but by all accounts, everything that we're hearing right now is pretty good. So you'll, you'll take that. The ACC seems like it's going to be down a little bit, at least compared to last year. And two years ago was phenomenal, too. Uh, Jordan Nawara and that Louisville team are going to be pretty good, I think. You know, Duke isn't going to be nearly as good as last year. UNC is probably my ACC favorite, and Syracuse never, ever beats them, so that won't be too different. But everywhere else, I think they can get victories. For sure. I think I actually think Louisville is going to be the best team in the ACC. Um, I look at the guys that Duke's bringing in, and like getting Trey Jones back is huge for them, and I think he's going to be sort of their like their leader. But you know those other guys that have been there, like the O'Connells, um, you know Delorier, I think he's back. So Bolden's gone. Yeah, Bolden's gone. So they're going to have to step up, and then you know I like their freshman class, but I just don't know if it's a class that's going to take over like. You know, nobody's a Zion Williamson, but I don't. I don't think their freshman class is as strong as the classes they've had in recent years. And yeah. then UNC too. Like, uh, I think they could be a little bit of a wild card depending on you know what they get from Bacot and you know Cole Anthony. But I've, I've heard Cole Anthony might be a little bit of a Chuck artist, uh, as good as he is. So we'll, we'll see how that plays into the the team dynamic, I guess. And the non-conference schedule, Italy, those two things, it's going to really give them a good chance to hammer at what they have as far as rotations go. And when we're talking about Goodine, I look at it through the lens of like what we expect from Syracuse, their tendencies. Buddy Beheim's probably going to be the starter at that too because he has the experience from last year. He played well for most of it, and at least up until that NCAA run, if I can call it a run. So he seems like the favorite going in. And then Jalen Carey, experienced last year, knows the zone. Those two guys are going to be able to defend at the top of there. And that's probably what they're expecting from the two starters. So Goodeen, some rotation minutes up there. Maybe some time at the three when Elijah comes out. But I don't think he'll be in the full for starting just because, you know, yeah. as great as some of the shooting may be off the bench between him, Gerard, I think they're going to be looking for that best defensive lineup that they can put out there. Who's your starting five? So you got... You said Carey, you said Beheim, I agree with that. And then the front court can kind of go two ways, but, but what do you think? Who, who gets the nod there? Hughes is easily the third. I don't think there's a lot there to debate. Okay. Not only his shooting, his scoring, his backdoor defense on that zone when guys are cutting across the backside behind so, the center, like they, they need that a lot too. The shot blocking he has, so that's an easy one. Four, I think Quincy Garrier is going to get this one, yeah. believe it or not. Now, I know Rostin said he expects it to be Sadiba and Doja, and I love that combination. If I could look up some lineup stats, I think they have some really good numbers together. But I don't know about Sadiba. I know he's a rebounder. I know he can play the pick and roll. And he's given them good games, like three or four good games in the past. I just don't see him coming back from how far he's fallen. Like, it's easy to forget he's on the team, isn't it? Sure. I think last year definitely it was easy to forget. With with Chuku gone, I think it does open things up. I, I could also see a scenario where like he starts and then gets the quick hook. Like Beheim loves to give the quick hook for the <laughs> spot for whatever reason. Chuku is the king of the quick hook. <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I mean all all big men I feel like have played that role. Like Coleman was there before, uh Rakeem Christmas, like one year or another those guys all got the quick hook. 
I, I don't know. It just depends on how healthy he is. I don't think last year, like even from media day, he was very honest. He's like, yeah, like I'm not 100%. And that, that showed throughout the course of the year too. I don't think he ever got back. I just don't like the lack of answers we have there because, you know, SU is never good with explaining injuries and when guys are going to come back and how they're doing and this and that. For sure. Marek's the latest example of that. He's going to be good to go for Italy, and now all of a sudden he's not. But he had the surgery. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I. That was another scoop from up there. But the possibility is out there. But no, he's he's not going to play. I'd be very surprised. I just don't understand it with Sidibe because he was supposed to come back from that surgery, be good to go, non-conference slate. Not really a factor. Gave him some shots early in that ACC schedule, that Clemson game in January, especially. I thought he looked pretty good out there. Yes. But you talk to him throughout the year, you know, he, he says he can get moving when he's in the flow of things, but when he needs to explode, get up for a dunk, block a shot, like those areas are still giving him trouble. And two years removed from the initial injury, I don't know if it's going to get any better. Is this just who he is at this point? And maybe it isn't the injury. Maybe it's just something else he's not able to impact at this level. Yeah, I, I think it is the injury. Um, you know, his freshman year when he came out before the injury, he looked really good. He looked really mobile and had a good feel for the game. Um, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, it seems like last summer he just never really got back the full strength. And then, you know, to your point, maybe that is maybe that's the new normal for him. You know, and if, if it is. Maybe that gives the other freshmen, um, you know, Jesse Edwards or, or Marek, more of a chance at five. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that, that shakes out. But I, I do agree, like, you're coming into it with a lot of questions and, and probably more questions than answers. At this yeah. Point and so uh, that's a good point to move on to that five spot. And I wrote it this last week. That Italy trip, if Dolajai's out, which is what seems to be the case for right now, could change. He's going there. Maybe plays a little bit. But for the, out there. for the most part, it's going to be Sidibe, John Bolajak, Jesse Edwards, those three guys fighting for that center spot, which is really interesting. I think that's the reason yeah. to even watch Italy at all is see those three guys duke it out so you can yeah. get the minutes there. Yeah, totally. And I actually don't think it's such a bad thing. I mean, obviously you want Marek healthy, um, you know, even from like a personal standpoint, you don't want to see somebody hurt, but... But it actually could be a good thing for Syracuse just to get those younger guys some more minutes, see what they bring to the table, um, give them you know more of a chance to develop, and and also it'll, it'll be good for the team as a whole just to have Marek there. But yeah. I think for the most part, you know what you're going to get from Marek, you know how he's going to play, and uh, you don't have to worry too much there. So you know it gives gives the younger guys a little bit more of an opportunity. Yeah, and I I don't see any of those guys blowing the door off of things. A Jack seems like he's a little way away from impacting this team uh he's only been playing basketball a couple of years definitely is like a face-up guy who can put the ball in the bucket a little bit not sure how he is defensively that's something i'm interested in seeing because obviously whoever's out there is going to be a defender type uh jesse edwards is the guy who i think could sneak up on things because a couple people have told me at this point that they're really impressed with how skilled he is from a dribbling standpoint driving i don't know how well of a passer he's going to be that'll be interesting to watch but if he's all of those things at seven feet and can play a little bit of defense, he could definitely factor in there. I don't know how you look at the center position and say it's anybody but Marek, given his experience there, how much he played there last year. And I know Bayheim doesn't like it, but he he's done it. He's put him there when they need it, and I think they're going to need him there this year. So I put Dolajai next to Guerrier, Hughes at the three spot, 
and that's my front court. It's a little small. They're going to get hurt in the rebounding, but that's how it is out there in the zone anyway. So they're going to have to sacrifice that a little bit to maximize the other strengths. There, and there's a train of thought too. It's like, okay, this is this is already a weakness of the zone. You know, maybe we we go with a guy that can shoot or have a little offensive vibe just to. You know, maybe not accept that, but say, okay, this is a weakness, and maybe we'll put somebody in there that gives us a little bit more offense on the other end. But, yeah, no, it should be interesting. Now, I want to pitch it to you. So, Edwards and Bolajak, they both, you know, it's been said that they can both shoot a little bit. Does Beheim let them shoot? Like a a 15-footer, a little little mid-range. Does Beheim let them shoot? I don't see a Jack playing this year, so I, I'm just going to cross him off the list immediately. Edwards, nah, yes, I think I think he will. I think okay. he'll get some shots out there, just because I think that's going to be the strength of his game year one, if he gets any minutes at all. You know, they, they, they have so many players this year that it seems like they're going to be going in with a lot of depth and a big rotation, but I, I always just reel myself back into what we know about this team, which is they're going to hang on the veterans, and those young guys might get a shot here or there early, but they're going to make mistakes, and they're going to pay the price for those mistakes and sit on the bench a lot. Okay, that's fair. Um, you in you agreement wanna... on Marek? I, uh, I, I think... I actually think Sadiq Bey is going to start, and then I think Marek can kind of play either that four or five spot for you off the bench. And I, I think he's a kid where he, he doesn't necessarily care if he starts. I mean, I think he would rather start, but he's not someone that's going to give you too much trouble there. And then he's he's very versatile, so he can you know slide into that center spot like he did last year for spot minutes, or he can play that four, and he gives you a lot on both ends of the floor. So uh, I I actually like him off the bench. Um, but I, but I do think, you know, Quincy gets that, that four spot and then I'll go up and I know you're not high on him, but I'll go with Steve at the five. I think he's, he's a candidate to start there so long as he's healthy. And then, you know, if he's not playing well, I think he gets the quick hook. That's my thought. It's not about who starts the game. It's who ends the game as we always say. And lots of time last year, Chuk would be in there to start. They'd be closing with Dolajai at that five spot. So that's always something they can throw out there. You got to talk to Jalen Carey this summer see how he's doing. And he's, I would say, the X factor to the team this year. I I think he's very important, and I think he will start from day one. The good news is, and we can circle back into like a greater backcourt discussion, but uh, the good news is for for Syracuse fans is that if he's not ready to go, you do have Gerard, who has been rumored to be able to play the point as well as Gadine. So that's, you know, it can take a little bit of solace there, but I think it's it's very important for him to, to come out and play play strong right away. You know, um, talked to him a few weeks back, and obviously he he went to Greece for um, you know a few weeks with with Team USA, and um, he played he played okay over there. You know, not necessarily great, but I think he took a step in the right direction. And then obviously they get they get ready to go to Italy here. So um, pretty pretty good summer, if you ask me. And it, by by all accounts, it sounds like he's been working his butt off. You know, I said he's been getting up early. You know, he'll go on for a workout. They'll have practice. You know, they have, they have 10 practices before the Italy trip. And then later on in the day, he said he'll come back in and he'll get shots up, you know, just in between study hall. Or if it's not in between study hall, it's at the end of the day, he'll, he'll come in and get shots up. So he's he's been working for it. Uh, I think he'll he'll be ready to go from, from the start. Um, I think the Italy trip will be very telling, you know, kind of where he is, uh, both mentally and physically. But. Um, I, I think he's important. You know, if he if he comes out and he plays well, 
and then you have two really good freshmen off the bench that are that are strong and you know ready to go there it's that's that's only going to help the overall backcourt and we want to talk about camera quality that grease trip was an atrocity (laughs) for modern basketball broadcasting that was like a 2010 stream I I tried my hardest to go back and watch those streams to see how we did. There was good video on games one and three. Game two was just unwatchable, so I didn't get anything out of that. The screen was just completely blurred. What concerned me is there was a lot of the same issues as last year, even playing at that level. And I know you're with new teammates and you just have a couple practices and you're jumping into it. That's tough, especially as a point guard. But him playing faster than he seems to be, able to with the ball in his hands, just completely phenomenal athlete, probably one of the faster guys in the ACC, but he's able to take the ball with him and do things with that speed. It's still tough. He turns the ball over a lot. That's something he did over in Greece, it looks like. And my other concern with him is just that shooting efficiency. You know, a guy who he reminds me of, and he's not nearly the NBA prospect that this guy was, but does seem to have some of the strengths that that this guy did, another ACC player, is Terry Roger. Interesting. He reminds me quite a bit of him. You know, great, great tight dribble, very fast, extremely athletic, but the shooting is comes and goes, and is he the playmaker with that athleticism? Those are questions I have for him. And we've seen other Syracuse guys figure it out after that tough freshman year in the past. We know what he's capable of from those two New York City games where he was dropping double figures. Still one of the weirdest things ever from a year where you did nothing else, pretty much, that he just completely owned those games. He has all the tools. I just wonder if he'll be able to put it together out there this year. Yeah, and I think you you hit on something really important to, to start, you know, one one thing I talked about uh, him and also also Frank touched on it a lot. You know, he's like he's a guy that's so quick, you, you know. But one of the things that's tough as a freshman, and these are like Frank's words, is like you know sometimes you could show that too much, or you could also not show that as much, you know. Or in other words, like you have to know when to go and when not to. Yeah. And, um, you know, time and score and all those things. So that's one thing that Frank really tried to help him with last year. Um, but yeah, that's that's the thing for Jalen is. You have that quickness and you want to showcase that, but also you got to know when, you know, maybe you're going one on two or, or it's not a situation where you want to push in. Uh, my, my biggest concern for him is, and first of all, he's, he's an awesome kid. Like I've talked with him for, you know, the, the past two years. He's a great kid. Um, everybody seems to like him and, and all those things. Um, but, but on the basketball court, more specifically, he can, he can do a lot of things. He has that handle, like you mentioned. I, I think he could be great in the pick and roll. Um, you know, stop and pop that, that 15 footer. He can hit that. Um, he can finish around the rim. But the biggest thing is one, you know, can he shoot from outside? Not that he needs to do that so much, but can he run the offense and can he get other guys involved without turning the ball over? Um, I think as you mentioned, like the, the New York City games, he had 26 against UConn and I think he had like 16 or 17 against Oregon, but I, I think he only had one assist in both of those games. So can he come in? Can he run the offense? Can he get the other guys involved? I think that's the biggest concern for him. And also, can he play defense on the other end? I think that's going to be a key. I like this team a lot from a personality standpoint. I think they're all going to be good to yeah. talk to. And we, we've both talked to quite a few of the guys on this team now. My thing, and this is another layer to the difficulties, the load that Kerry's going to be taking on this year, is who calls the shots on the defensive end? Who's communicating where to go? Who's really guiding everybody on those rotations? This is where people 
and fans are reasonably down on Frank Howard after the year he had, after how he finished his Syracuse career. We all know what happened there. He was always communicating. He was one of the leaders in the room, so well-spoken, and knew where everything was happening on the court and had an incredible feel sense for the zone. I'm not sure I look at any of the guys that they're going to be starting this year and say, like, these guys really get where things are happening, where people need to be on the defensive end. I think the closest guy that comes to it is Hughes, which is another reason I think he's going to be so important this year. Yeah, I agree. And and first with Frank, like, I think that's the thing. Like, I've had a lot of people ask me, they're like, why, why do you like Frank so much? And if you just watch the games on TV, I don't think you pick up on those leadership things, you know, always talking in the huddles. And even even after games, you'd see, you know, his teammates in the locker room, like they would look to him for answers. You know, they, they kind of like look up to him in a way. So I think I think that was really important and an undersold point throughout his really his last two years at Syracuse. But, yeah, when you look at the team specifically this year, who, who's going to be that that vocal presence? I, I think it's got to be Hughes. Um, but at the same time, you know, we'll, we'll take this back to, you know, even early 2000s when, when Bai Musakita was there, he was awesome in the center spot. And I think the center spot's so key because you see the whole defense. You see the whole floor from back there. So that, that position is really important, and you kind of have to have a guy talking like, hey, cutter coming through, hey, screen here, you know, lob coming, or, or whatever it is, whatever you're seeing back there. Um, I, I don't know if any of the centers are there yet. Um, or can be like that sort of presence. Uh, but I do think Elijah's going to have to take a big step up there, especially with O'Shea gone. Um, and he's going to have to kind of be the leader out there. Do you think NCAAs are within a possibility for the team this year? I, I do. I, I think, one, when you look at the team, it's not necessarily, and, and I think, you know, make a Roth see what you will, but I think he was right in the sense that there's no real star. You know, there's no ties battle that's going to bail you out at the end of the shot clock or anything like that. Um, but maybe this is a team that, that meshes together nicely. Uh, I, I don't think it'll be anywhere near as good or talented as 2012. But that was sort of a team where they talked about where there wasn't really a go-to guy. You know, maybe it was Scoop or Chris Joe down the stretch. Um, but they had a lot of guys that could go out and play well. So I think it, it'll be, you know, definitely nowhere near as good as that team. But maybe in that same sort of mold where they have a lot of guys that can play. And then also from a scheduling perspective, uh, I think Syracuse has a favorable non-conference stretch, as you, you wrote about a little bit, too. Always got to cap a show with scheduling. <laughs> it, wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be right if we did. We wouldn't be true to Noon's form. And then, but when you look at the ACC, too, the, the, the two-time opponents are, you know, Boston College, Pitt, uh, Virginia Tech. You do get Virginia in there t- uh, twice, which is, which is tough. And then... You know, you get Tobacco Road, both come to the Dome this year, and no road games down there. So, That's so it important. is a favorable scheduling draw, too. Well, that was why I like the schedule. I definitely think it's a downgrade from the past two years, losing Buffalo. They lost oh. St. Bonaventure, you know, some of those good New York schools that they played. But I think they put a few in there. There could be winnable games. You sacrifice the, what is it? It's not RPI anymore. It's NET. You sacrifice a little bit of that for the wins early on, which could benefit the young guys as well. It's going to be an interesting year. Probably one of the more interesting ones of the last decade. I'd compare it to that year two seasons ago, three seasons ago now with Andrew White, John Gillen, just how new that team was at the center spot. They had a new guy in there. They had a couple of grad transfers and Tyus Battle. That was his freshman year, of course. It was a, you know, definitely like a transfer 
from that Final Four team the year before. The thing is, this team doesn't have those grad transfer veteran adults in the room you know like this is definitely the edge college basketball where you have some adults in the room you have some kids in the room this team just seems to have a lot more kids it's it's definitely a younger team by makeup and and that's where you know i think Hughes is so important because technically he's a senior by year but by eligibility he's a junior so uh, an attitude too he's he's an adult i think he is the adult in the room he, he's very mature i'll say that he's he's very mature and He's eloquent in the way that he speaks, and he, he seems to have a good understanding of the game and all those things. So I think that's why he's key. Another guy that I think we haven't really talked about that, that I think could be important. I know who you're going to say. I, I don't know if he's going to crack the rotation, and uh, you know I, I hope he does. But, but Howard Washington, man, he's oh, all right. I wasn't thinking that one. You know, I totally forgot about him coming back. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of people have forgotten about him, and he's he's fought through a lot. Obviously, in the ACLs freshman year, and then you know last year just. Miracle story. He suffered a stroke, and you know, great, great report. I'm glad him. you brought him up. Yeah, because that's I think their safety valve. If they if they're gonna start Jalen, things don't go well there. Howard has the experience on him. He's been practicing for years now. Last year he was he was practicing. He was in the room. He was around during the year, even though you didn't see him on the court. And sure. he he knows what's going on in there. He knows the system. He knows all of that. I put a lot of value right. in that with yeah. Syracuse. He's not gonna score the ball a lot. Uh, he definitely yeah. stuck out as a passer, which might be something they need. You know, you yeah. mentioned Gerard. I don't, I don't see Gerard playing that much this year. I think this guy's their safety valve. Okay, From two things. One, I want to get into Gerard, but yeah, I, I think he's a guy that could come in, and if he does play, I think he can run the offense and get guys involved and, and do those sorts of things. Don't necessarily think he could score, but he could shoot a little bit if he's open. Um, but I think he, he is sort of a safety valve in the sense that he could come in and run. The I run. forgot he was around. That yeah, is it, that is a good good one to bring up before the end of the show. It makes me feel just that much better about the team because I'm not high that, that they're going to make the tournament this year. I think the learning curve, especially with Syracuse's system, the defense, and the way that Bayheim makes them play is going to be a big, big adjustment for a lot of these guys. And I think they definitely have some lineups that they could throw out there. You know, I'm really going to write a lot of small ball articles this year even though they're not going to do it a lot i think they definitely have some strengths that they can maximize but i think Bayheim's going to play this for the long game where he tries to get these guys in the positions to you know fit their system for years to come i think they definitely have their their work cut out for them but but let me who who did you think i was going to say braswell yep Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i I love i love me some bobby braz i I hope he can get some minutes. I, I kind of think he's in like the James Sutherland path, though, where he's like just below the cut line of the rotation. Yeah, there's a lot of guys at that position. Yeah, you know, and, and maybe like I hope he sticks around because I think you know by his junior senior year he could get some more PT and be really good for Syracuse. But all right, um, you want to make a Gerard comment before we get out of here? I'll give you the I'll give you the two minutes. Okay, so I heard you know Beheim's army was just up in Syracuse the other week and. Uh, you know, they scrimmaged against the, the current Syracuse guys. So oh, all right. I heard that Gerard was giving John Gillen buckets. And he, the, the comment was, however good you think Joe Gerard is, he's two and maybe even three times better. So that's, that's interesting to me. You know, I think he's, he's definitely a competitor. And I think that when you're a competitor like that and you want to win and you have that will that you figure it out. Uh, I firmly believe in that. So I think he's, it's just a matter of time. It's just how quickly he does that. And I think 
you know, one thing we touched on earlier is like the physicality of the ACC. But I, I do think he's going to be very good, and it's just a matter of time before he figures it out. But if he's out there giving John Gillen buckets right now, that's that's interesting to me. No, Gillen was never all defense ACC. True. This is true. <laughs> but, you know, I'll give anybody a chance on this team. And that's the beauty of this team is they're going to be so much more fun to watch than last year's team. There were so many parallels. And for anybody who doesn't know, I cover the Celtics, too, at SB Nation. There were so many parallels between the Celtics of last year and Syracuse of last year as I covered both. Both were supposed to be title contenders. Both had great veteran star power. And for whatever reason, it just didn't work. And it just became a slog to watch as the year went on. And, you know, they had O'Shea. They had Battle. They had these mainstays for the last few years. And we knew what the team was going to look like year in and year out just because we've seen them. There's a lot of opportunity on this team, both for players, a new style of play, a new team identity, and that's going to be a little refreshing. There's a lot of names around here that could emerge, and that's the beauty of this season is that any number of one of these guys that we mentioned could really burst onto the scene and surprise us and make a big impact. Yeah, for sure. I think when you look at those two guys, you know, Gerard and Godin, and also Jesse Edwards, you know, those are guys that, you know, from day one could really have an impact, and you, you don't know which one it's going to be. And to your point about last year's team, it was like, you know, you, you knew what you were going to get until you did it. And, you know, I think Frank's injury had a lot to do with that. And, you know, for one reason or another, battle and, and you know, Brissett didn't play to their, their potential. Guys looking at NBA futures, too. That plays an impact. I think so. So, but the, the interesting thing is, or, the, you know, on the other side of the coin is you get a team that comes in this year, which expectations are low. And, you know, we've seen what Bayheim can do when, when teams have low expectations. All right, last one. You got to see the Bayheims Army weekend up there. We are not going to talk about the Bayheims Army basketball because why would we? I, I'm interested in hearing about the interaction between Syracuse and Bayheims Army, which was the coolest thing, the community, the new team, the old players coming together for those three days. You said they scrimmaged against each other, but what was that interaction like between those two, uh, two groups of you know current and former Syracuse players? It was cool, and I, and I think the one thing that everybody talks about when they talk about the program is just, you know, family. Like, this is a family, or how many times do you hear a recruit come in and they say, oh, I was looking for a family atmosphere, and, and Syracuse was just that. You know, and I, I think that personified the whole weekend with the old guys and the new guys. I mean, you had, you know, the coaches were there. Alan Griffin was there. Uh, Preston Shumpert was there. Obviously, Blackwell was there as the head coach, so... You had all these old Syracuse basketball guys and you had the new guys in there and they got to see what it was all about. You know, I think they got to experience some of that, you know, to going back to Howard Washington, like no, nobody was more excited than him on the sideline. You know, he was jumping up and down and, and even Bayheim was there and he's like biting his fingernail. <laughs> you know, he, he was invested. Like he was, he was legitimately invested in the game. So it was, it was so cool to see the community come like that, you know, just all together in the summer uh, in an event that you don't usually get to see it at OCC, nonetheless. All right, Bobby Manning here, James Zuba. You'll see him on the road a lot this year, as you do. We have uh, Austin, too, in here yep. covering games now, so a new face on the Noons basketball coverage. It, we'll get to know everybody as this year gets started. November will be here before you know it, but six days, we'll see the Italy trip, I'm sure. Every 10 days or so, me and you will get together, James, and we'll see how that Italy trip's going next time we talk. Keep it locked, that new magician.